Good morning and welcome to episode 63 of the Quickie Podcast. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. My guest today is Venus Martinez. He is a motion graphic designer specializing in visual effects out of Vancouver, BC. He was originally born in Mexico, where his uncles worked in the advertising industry and his grandfather was a filmmaker that made, get this, over 200 movies in that World War II era. Um, That's a lot of movies. Venus also tells us about how he lived in a very conservative household and how he feels that his first time using marijuana was what opened up his creative possibilities and helped him break down those mental barriers and the walls that were stopping him. In this episode, he also puts me on the spot and spins a question onto me. And you hear me go, uh, 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 you know, first time that's happened. This is a really interesting episode, and I'm so glad you're here. So let's get into it. Ladies and gentlemen, Venus Martinez. Here we go. Welcome to the Quickie Podcast, the daily interview show where we talk to graphic designers about their journey to the creative field, and we do it in 30 minutes or less. So, are you ready for a Quickie? How are you? Hi, good man. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you, Dave. It's an honor, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> an honor, you guess. <laughs> to be determined. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Well, I'm going to jump right in here and briefly tell the listeners about yourself. Uh, well, I um, my name is Alex. I go by Venus. Um, like the planet is just my name. That I, It's just the name that I use. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do motion graphics. But I started, uh, I started film when I was really young because my family... Uh, is of uh, almost all my members or all the members of my family are, are film- filmmakers mm-hmm. and I really liked uh, editing and post-production so I then came to Vancouver to study at BFS uh, I studied digital design specialized in motion graphics and since then I've been working doing motion graphics from projection mapping to social media you name it like films uh, film titles, TV shows, a lot of th- a lot of things. Supplements. Jeez, <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. So plate full for sure. And when when did you move to Vancouver? I moved the first time I moved when I was uh, twenty four. So that was two thousand ten. Okay. I lived there. I lived here for three years. Then I moved back to Mexico. I started here for two years. Then I I freelanced a little bit for like six months or so. Mm-hmm. Then I got a job in Mexico City on a uh, at a uh, co- projection mapping company called mm-hmm. Coco Lab. You should check it out because they do amazing stuff. Okay. We do. We basically did a lot of uh, projection mapping on the on our heritage buildings in Mexico from Teotihuacan from the Teotihuacan pyramids that are in Mexico City to the Chichen Itza pyramids that are in like uh, in the East Coast uh, mm-hmm. near to Cancun. These guys are huge. They're they're like huge, huge size. So the the I think the show is still going on there, and also the Teotihuacan ones are still going on as well. But the, it's it's really worth to see it because there is just just huge buildings, 
and it's just it's just really cool to to watch. That's those cool. Kind of animation. Yeah, and you had a hand in that. Yeah, yeah, we did. Uh, we did concept. We did animation. Uh, I mean, basically, there was a team of motion designers creating all the content for the. We always try to tell a story. For example, we did a. We did this painting of uh, Diego Rivera on at a at a state near Mexico City called Morelos, mm-hmm. and it's this painting that describes all the all the story from when the Spiners came and conquered Mexico. So we animated all the we took all the characters from the painting and we animated it and we created the story around it. I mean, the story that Diego Rivera wanted to tell, right? That's so cool. And before we hit record, you also mentioned you had done some work with Heineken down in Mexico. Yeah, yeah, I did. Uh, when I, well, I I worked for Coco Lab. Then I moved to Toronto mm-hmm. for a bit. I worked for I, I freelance a little bit there uh, for one year. Then I went back to Mexico City, and then I got this job at uh, at Heineken, the agency that did all the. Uh, social media content for Heineken. And it was the time where Heineken bought the other, the uh, big Mexican uh, beer company. It's called, uh, it was Goma. So there's like, we rebranded like 10 beer brands and we introduced Heineken and I'm still uh, beer from Europe sample. And yeah, it was nice. I, I, there was, a, it was a very small team. We, we st- it started with like three people. It was just the creative, the creative uh, director, the producer, and me. <laughs> oh wow! So then, yeah. So then the team got a little bigger, and then there was, we had to make content for this. It was like fifteen beer brands. So we were in charge. Each motion designer was in charge of three uh, brands. Mm-hmm. I was in charge of Heineken, Amstel Light, and Dos Equis. Because I, they are the these are the brands in Mexico that are that make the parties, I guess, in Mexico City, or they organize these huge parties and they have all these DJs. And I used to be in the music, uh, I used to be in the party scene when I was in Mexico. Okay. So I guess that fit me the best, and I really, I really enjoyed making uh, content for them because it yeah. was super creative, super experimental. We did, uh, we did stuff for the for Mutech Montreal. We did. We did a lot of flyers for uh, for DJs like Steve Aoki. It was really, really nice. I, it was so creative, man. Yeah. And there sounds like there's plenty of budget to play with there, which is always nice. Well, that, nobody wants to. I I've seen that since I, since I'm, since I'm young because I work in uh, in the I I would guess I would say the advertising industries mm-hmm. since I was little. But uh, I would say nobody wants to spend so much money on commercials. Everyone wants, everyone wants to spend the least amount, mm-hmm. and I think that's pretty important because it's how you present yourself, right? Yeah. And we, for example, I used to when I was little, my uncle, all my family used to work on the advertising industry. So oh, cool. I'm used, I was I was used to go to this to shoot this. They shot these huge commercials, like say Coca Cola. Uh, uh, Volkswagen, which had huge budgets for their commercial, right? They had it was like a two million dollar commercial or so, the, like the, for one day of, sh- of shooting. To the the, uh, the photographer got paid like ten thousand dollars. It was just crazy, right? Mm-hmm. But now with social media, 
the budgets were cut a little bit because we need, I guess we need more content and there's more like platforms to show it. So yeah, yeah sort of to, to spread out a little bit more, I guess would be the way to say it. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So, so you had said your family, most of your family worked in advertising and I think that's a great yeah. sort of segue to my next question, which is about your childhood and what that was like. And if you feel like, do you have, did you have a creative childhood? Uh, well, yeah, I would say I, I was always different. My family, the, like the part of my family or all my, all my, uh, I would, I would start with my grandfather. My grandfather was a filmmaker in Mexico. Okay. He made like 200 movies. I'm not kidding. Wow. Cause, cause the war, the second world war was when the second world war was going on, there was a huge stop on producing films in the States. So my grandfather took advantage of that and started producing Mexican films. Mm -hmm. And so she, he got a big audience. And that's that's called the golden era for the Mexican film, uh, for, for the Mexican industry, film industry, I would say. Mm -hmm. It was between the 40s and the 50s. But then my, my, my father, my, I would say my family, like my mom, my dad, my and my sister weren't as creative mm -hmm. as I would say, as my grandfather, I would say. So I never was in like this huge, like I never exploded my creativity so much until I came to Vancouver, honestly. Oh, I would okay. say that. Yeah. Yeah. Because then I, you, I don't know, you detach from your family and then you start experimenting with yourself. Mm -hmm. You sort of yeah. kind of find yourself a little bit. Exactly. I was always different for sure because I'm, I'm left-handed. So I, and that, that's a huge thing for me because I think you have, you always need to think differently because you need to fix what, like, the, I don't know, for example, if you, for example, I take, class, I take kickboxing classes these days mm -hmm. and every time the teacher is showing you to punch, I need to convert that into my, into a left-handed punch. Mm -hmm. So that that would be a great example to put it in life that I'm always trying to figure out how to solve things or how to adapt things to be for being left-handed because it doesn't seem that much, but everything's made for right-handed. I was just people. gonna say we live in a right-handed world. Yeah, dude, the fucking like the the uh, the the mouse, for example, or the keyboard is just an iron. Control set for you guys is just very easy for for me. It's not. Mm -hmm. Dude, this sounds like a little market there for you. you create left-handed keyboards and stuff. All of a sudden, I here. know. I would, I would love to start like a company. Did did you did you watch The Simpsons? Yeah, I used to watch it. Yeah. Do, do you remember this uh, this uh, store left-handed store Ned Flanders used to have? Oh, vaguely, vaguely, <laughs> I do. Oh, yeah. really? <laughs> well, he was lefty, so he he started a left-handed store. But I would love to be in a store like that, man. Like that that would be a dream for me. Because <laughs> honestly, everything cameras. Uh, even like motorcycles, mm -hmm. everything's made for right-handed people. Yep. So we get into more accidents. We get into more like we struggle more to do stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So. So you had mentioned your grandfather was a filmmaker, and yeah. what uh, you had mentioned that some of your family worked in the advertising industry. Who was that? Yeah. Uh, those were my uncles. Those were my mom's uh, brothers. Got it. I have. I have two bro two uncles. One one passed away recently. Mm -hmm. He was a he was director of photography, 
but he shot a lot of commercials, like mm. a lot. And my other uncle, they used to work together. He also he was a director. Got it. So they were like they were called Batman and Robin in Mexico because they shot a lot of commercials. They mm -hmm. were really fast. They made a lot of Coca Cola commercials, a lot of Volkswagen, wow. Ford, automo yeah, automobile industry. So I was always in. I was always going with them on mm -hmm. the shootings. Like I was assistant for both of them. Yeah. Yeah. So was there a moment then in your childhood or even just when you came to Vancouver where you really started noticing design and creative and, you know, a light bulb went off for you? That yeah, for sure. Are, are you are you still there? Yeah. What was that moment? Okay. Yeah. I, I started editing when uh, I started helping a cousin that used to be an editor. Mm-hmm. And I was his assistant. So when we when we shot these uh, commercials, when when we edited them, they all they always needed graphics. So we used to put the graphic. We used to edit in Final Cut, mm -hmm. and then we had to put some text to say there there's gonna be a graphic and there's gonna be a graphic here and a graphic there. Mm -hmm. So I started trying to make the graphics as similar as possible to the look of the commercial. So I started liking doing that. And then I was like, I need to study more design because I like I cannot do them correctly. Yeah, you just got That's, hooked at that point. Exactly. But I was like, I was very intense into like, I really enjoyed doing that. So what do you think then lit that creative fire? Was there, a you know, a, the most influential project? Or was there one specific project that just lit that fire for you? Uh, well, can we talk about drugs? <laughs> <The> <laughs> podcast? Sure, bring it up. Dude, like, honestly, I think when I try when I started doing drugs, I, it's not that I'm like, it's not that I do drugs too often. I don't do drugs anymore, but I, I just smoke weed. Mm -hmm. But when I started doing drugs and just letting myself go, I think that's where my most creative part and started to, to punch, I guess. So you started removing the mental roadblocks, you know, that that might have been there and just sort of yeah. opening up different channels in your brain, which, which, you know, uh, drugs and things like that have been known to do. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't know. Like, I, as I was telling you, my, my, my family was very, like, they weren't very creative, but they were like very conservative, I would say. So mm -hmm. I never grew this creative side that I knew I had, but, uh. Uh, I don't know, after I started smoking weed and then, as you said, you just create another perspective of yourself and then you start creating stuff. Hmm. Yeah, like I still do it. Like whenever I feel like I am not cre creative at all, I just smoke a joint and I'll just let go. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. So I'm curious now, is there a designer or a brand that in your career right now you look up to and closely follow? And what about them do you like? Uh, well, when I was young, I really liked all the NBA logos and all the um, American football logos. Mm -hmm. I would say that was the first thing I really liked to copy uh, when I was young. Like, I, I, I remember when I was young, I loved the Raptors logo. Oh, I yeah. really Because, I, I mean, you used to love dinosaurs, right? So if a basketball team has a fucking dinosaur in your as a logo, it's just like... Dude, I'm going with this guys. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's cool. Uh, and they won recently, so there you go. 
Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. They just want to do something. So I yeah. want to go now. I got a couple of questions about um, maybe some of the ch- more challenging times in your career. And then sure. I'm going to circle it back around and end on a high note here. But For sure. what's been the most challenging time in your design career, in your creative career so far? Why was it challenging and how did you get through it? Uh, well, it's, I would say it's two things. The first thing that I would like to talk about is being an immigrant. Mm-hmm. Because as an immigrant, you have to work probably double. Mm-hmm. Or also, I'm not saying there's everyone, but there's people that still believe I'm Mexican. So when, when you show up as a Mexican, there's people that will think that you Mexicans are just here to set your garden or to paint your house. So they can, people, sometimes I struggle with that a, with, with that a lot. So there's they, still that like cultural yeah, stereotype. Built exactly, it. exactly. There's this stereotype where they don't trust me since the beginning because I should be just doing something else. So that would be the first one. I would say I have to work double all the time, or I have to work uh, harder. Mm-hmm. I've seen that with my with my friends uh, a lot too. Mm-hmm. And the second one is like, as a designer, you will always find people that will think you're just the best person in the world, mm-hmm. but you will always find these people that you will think you're the dumbest person in the world. Yes, no matter what you do, mm-hmm. they will just think you're dumb. Can't please and everyone. designs are dumb. Yeah, so I think when you start designing, you struggle with that because that has to do with your ego as well, right? So you yeah. have to let go these things and you have to just let go these lines Got that it. don't go with your design, yeah. So was there then a specific design or a specific project that you were a part of that did not go well or bring the desired result? And what was that like? Take us to that. Oh, moment. yeah. A lot, man. <laughs> <laughs> Take us probably like this. probably like fifty. I would say fifty-fifty, man. Like there's always times it, more when you're freelancing. Mm-hmm. When you're freelancing, there's there's times where you don't, you just don't get along with the with the person that you're working for. Mm-hmm. So I would say, what would be the most disasters? Let me think about the most the worst project I've ever worked. Oh, you know what? I worked for this guy in Toronto. Mm-hmm. We we were doing. Um, we were doing uh, this high-rise uh, video, this high-rise uh, project. Okay. So they were building. How was it called? It was called. I don't remember the name, but it was, it was outside Toronto. Okay. So they were building this huge, this huge community in Toronto, outside Toronto, mm-hmm. for young people. So we had to make these videos to make it look like it was a very cool place and you're going to have a lot of fun and you were going to be able to create up to uh, be with your family there and mm-hmm. raise your children. But I didn't get along with my boss at all. Like mm-hmm. I never got along with him. I, he, and he always thought I was just like the dumbest person and the laziest person in the world. So I would say that was the worst one. Like I was, that was my worst experience. Cause I had to work when we were delivering, I had to work, four days straight without sleeping. I, I just lived in the office and I had to tell him, like there was one point when I was like, hey man, I need to go back to my place to sleep. I, I, I'm not able to work anymore here. Hmm. And he ended up not paying me the extra hours. But, and and we oh, I, all, I for sure I got fired because we didn't get along at all. Yeah. We, we, like we had a huge discussion. Mm-hmm. But 
the project got this award called the Build Awards and got the best commercial for high. It's just a real estate festival they have, yep. and they they awarded the best campaign and the best commercials. We won like four prizes there. Oh wow! Yeah, Good for you. Yeah. Good for us. I I mean I wasn't never credited for that, but uh, I guess. But you, you know in your heart that you you put of the course. time in, you put the work in. Yeah, 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 for sure, for sure. Crazy. And we've yeah. all had those situations where personalities just are not blending and not working well. You know, those partnerships yeah. that just for some reason aren't clicking. What's what's the worst for you? Oh my gosh. You're putting me on the spot now. Dude, yeah. this is my show. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. Um, you know, I would say that um I don't have a specific and I don't want to mention specific, but I've had a number of customers in my sales career where I have a very particular style. I'm a, I have a very casual style and I don't jive well with very corporate structures where there's lots of meetings required and things like that. I'm very much like a, let's get to the decision. Let's do this. Let's do that. You know, here's yeah. the tools. And, and I have a really funky, quirky, creative vision about things and being put into a position where I can't use that and I just need to follow what somebody else says, that's tough for me. Okay. So I've had a number of relationships in my sales career um, that are around that. And I've just had to had to fire clients and just say, you know what, you'd be better off working with this person because yeah. this person can you know give you what you want and just pass them off. You know, doing it very politely and saving face, but yeah. At the same time, you know, it, it just was draining me. Yeah, yeah, it's hard. And it's it's good that you pass it on because otherwise it will, be a, a, it will be like a toxic relationship, right? Like For sure. It will make you feel bad. You're still getting the money, but it will always make you feel bad. And it will affect your other priorities, I would say. Yeah, and you get to a point in, you know, our careers or our adult lives where we go, you know what? Is it really just about the money or is it more about the enjoyment? Am I having fun doing this? Am I enjoying doing this? Exactly. Yeah. You know what? When I, I actually had another experience here in Vancouver when I mm-hmm. recently came. I think that this might be interesting to to, to talk about because uh, they I came for the, from I was working for Heineken at the moment and I was very experimental. I was always I started editing all the videos for Heineken and they really liked the way I did. I edited it. So when I got when I wanted to come back to Vancouver, I found this job I, uh, to, in, uh, in the film industry. They wanted to, they wanted an editor and a motion designer to create all this media for, for all this content for their movies and for their projects. Mm-hmm. But they were looking for someone that was experimental. Then they, I remember that because they were saying that a lot. They, they wanted someone different. They wanted someone that thought differently. Mm-hmm. And they gave me this first commercial, and it was a disaster, man. I had, oh, no. like, I had, I had to, I had to quit the job because they were like, they couldn't believe how, like, they, the whenever I received criticism, it was like, what is this piece of shit, man? Like, <laughs> you know, they, we yeah. never got along. But I was like, dude, you're asking for something experimental, so you have to be open to, open to, experiment, and that's what the purpose and, of it is. Yeah. Exactly. So yeah. I was a disaster, man. Like I never, I, I remember that I, I never landed a project with them that they were happy with it. They were always like, this guy is just the m- most stupid person in the world or this guy is the less mm-hmm. talented person in the world. <laughs> <Uh-oh>. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So I want to shift gears here. Yeah, for sure. I want to flip sides and go to the positive. 
Tell yeah. us about a project that you've been a part of that you're the most proud of. One that just makes your heart sing or even the biggest design feather in your cap. Uh, I would say that's what that, that 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 would I would say there's also a lot of projects I'm proud of myself, even the ones I didn't like. Because mm-hmm. for example, the ones I told you that uh that I that we got the the prize for the for the real estate community. Yeah, yeah, I thought, when I saw that prize, I was like, I was like, you know what? It was just like t- my my my. It was just me saying I was right on my decisions. Because if I wasn't right on my decisions, I would we wouldn't be able to win a prize. Mm-hmm. So that made me feel really good, honestly. I was very proud when I was. Uh, I did a. There was a, this uh, Justa Post magazine when I just finished starting a BFS. Mm-hmm. I entered this contest for uh, wheat packaging. Okay. There was this wheat company that they were uh, trying to uh, release a package. Mm-hmm. So we entered into this huge. Uh, contest and I was top 30 so the Justa Post magazine printed a printed a book with my design cool that was just so cool man because I was just I was just out of BFS Mm -hmm. film school and everyone loved Justa Post magazine right so it was just like the best thing that ever happened also also Heineken and was really good because I was able to see my work everywhere in mexico mm-hmm. everyone could see my work so that uh, that made me feel really really proud like there was this time where we got like two million views on a on a project that i did for just one day Crazy. so it was just just being able to watch your stuff yeah and people recognize it, it it was it was amazing like even when your project wasn't as good but they knew it was it was mine <laughs> mm-hmm. they're like yo yo you did better last time this this is not as good but even that it's like, all right, so people are talking about me. And I'm just a huge ego guy. So I really, really <laughs> like that. <laughs> I love how you come right out with it. That's so good. Yeah, yeah. yeah man. Whatever yeah. keeps you motivated to move forward and challenge yourself. Yeah, exactly. Okay, I want to know what is one design product, tool, website, or community that you just can't live without? Uh, well, my three, my three tools for designing would be After Effects, Photoshop, and Cinema 4D. Okay. I, I do stuff in Illustrator, but I could still live without it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so those are my tools. The things I couldn't live without is my friends. Yep. I have a lot of uh, motion designer friends, and I'm always asking questions because I'm like, I, I lack of attention in tutorials and shit. Mm-hmm. So my friends are always helping me deciphering my tutorials. Cool. One, two person I would say, I would send you the con- their contacts, their contacts, because they're really, really cool designers. Sure. But one is from Mexico. Both are from Mexico. But one, one of them is a machine. He's just a fucking robot man. He will do whatever, whenever. He's always working. He's just a machine. Okay. And the other one is working for the. Uh, he's a classical animator, and he lives in uh, in London. He does classical animation. That's so cool. I, whenever is there something I want to know, that. It's someone I look out, uh, look up for. So mm-hmm. I, I, I was, I'm always looking for, uh, for advice with this guy. Yeah. Awesome. Well said. So now's the time of the show, Venus, where I've got the ask it forward question. Um, so sure. my previous guest has a question for you, and you get to ask a question of my next guest. I'm not going to tell you who it is, but you can ask them anything. 
Okay. So first, I've got the question from my last guest. My last guest was Anna. She was uh, currently in New York, and she wanted to ask you, tell us something that you believe is true in design, but people often disagree with you on. It's true in design, but people yep. always disagree. Something that you believe is true in design or creative or motion graphics, but people often disagree with you on. Something that you believe is true. Okay, let me think. Oh, that's a hard question, man. Yeah, these are awesome. <laughs> All these asking yeah. forward questions are awesome. I don't know. Maybe, you know what? Maybe experimenting with your design. People never want, want, want to take risks. Mm -hmm. And whenever you take risks is a... I, from my point of view, is a way that you always find the best results. So the, you're, people, you're talking with the sort of design to client relationship. It's really hard to get a client to believe that experimenting can find big success. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, hmm. I would say that. Okay. I like that answer. Hmm. So, <laughs> so Venus, what is your question for the next guest? Uh, let's say... What is the moment when you have felt the dumbest in your career? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. I like those 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 parts when you just feel weak because you never talk about them, you know? Mm. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I really like to talk about those things. That's great, man. Venus, you made it to the end of the podcast. Thank you, Dave. Nice. Hey, this has been awesome chatting with you. I really appreciate your time on the show here. Thank you, brother. Yeah, it was really nice to meet you and... I really like this dynamic. All right. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I really appreciate you being here. I'm going to be asking the next guest that question. What is the moment you have felt the dumbest in your career? We've all had those like facepalm moments throughout our lives and our careers. So if you want to hear the next guest answer, you got to tune in tomorrow morning because I'll be back. Talk to you then. See ya.